0: Our scripture this morning is from Joshua 5:13 through 15. I'll be referencing some other texts. I'm changing the sermon title. This one that's listed us them or him. I think you'll understand that in a moment as we get into the passage. But I'm uh, to be a little more clear, this message is going to be entitled Before You Die on That Hill. Before You Die on That Hill. So turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 5, and we'll be reading verses 13 through 15. If you would please stand with me. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandal, off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we just thank you so much, um, God, for all that you've done for us. Help us not to take that for granted. Lord, help us to be um, grateful how you have touched us because of your mercy and your love help us to understand to use wisdom and discernment in the way that we um, the things that we really live our lives for the things that we really emphasize in our lives lord help them not to be trivial things things that are wasting our time or sending us in the wrong direction but god help our lives to be aligned with your, you And your ways and your purposes. In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen. You may be seated. I love the song we uh, we just sang. It had to do with who we are in Christ, our identity. And often in this world, we as Christians forget who we are in Christ. Uh, We forget that we are beloved of God. That he has created us, as the psalmist said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And and so there are times at which we get on the wrong path, perhaps even depressed or anxious, or just on the wrong path because we don't realize who we are in Christ and what's so important. And, and, And it's very important that we be encouraged knowing who we are in Christ. But as Christians, we also have an opposite problem sometimes, and that is believing and thinking that we are in the right, that we are on the side. Our side is the right side. There's our side and there's that side, and we're the good side. We're God's side, and that's bad side. And, and we learn very early on in life to take sides, right? Depending on which side of the state line, you're Alabama Auburn, you're State Ole Miss, okay. We learn you're Republican or you're Democrat, you know, uh, you're, you're this or that, you know, uh, maybe you're a Saints fan, maybe you're a Falcons fan, can't be both, it's not allowed. And, and so we learn that there are different sides in life, and we tend to identify our side with the good side, it's the right side, so therefore, whatever that other side is, that must be the bad side, we, we just seem as human beings to naturally have that assumption, right? Okay? Um, by the way, I'll just go ahead and say, for those of you who remember my baby shark uh, response remarks from a few months earlier, yesterday the baby sharks beat up the baby bulldogs in basketball. i got to acknowledge that, okay? Uh, we, we were not doing too well. So, uh, but anyway, we, we, we tend to get in these sides, right? And, and Joshua was just like anybody else. He sees a guy coming up on the camp, and he's got this giant sword. He's this fearsome warrior. And what does he immediately say? Are you for us or are you against us? You know, which side? Are you on our side or are you on Jericho's side? you got to be on one or the other. And I loved I don't know if you caught the grammar there. <laughs> he didn't say neither. He said no. Are you on our side or their side? The angel of the Lord says, no. I come as the commander of the Lord of hosts. I come on God's side. It's not your side. It's not their side. It's God's side. And the reason I entitled this message, Before You Die on That Hill is that I want us to think real carefully about the sides we choose in life. I'm not talking about ball games and stuff, but I'm talking about really important values in our lives. We need to consider a few things. We need to think deeply about things before we just assume there's my side, which is good, and everybody else's, which is bad. So three things I want us, three truths I want us to consider the first truth is sometimes Christians aren't on God's side. Sometimes Christians aren't on God's side. You know, the Bible tells us we actually get on the opposite side of God. That's hard for us to understand. I mean, because there are scriptures that say if God be for us, who can be against us? And we say, oh, I'm a Christian, God's for me. So therefore, I'm always on his side, he's always on my side. It's kind of like I put my money in the plate. Well, you know, if I pay my insurance, Nationwide is on my side. I put my money in the plate, God's on my side, right? I say my prayers, my team's got to win. I remember before the the big national championship game, there was a little article, and it was talking about the two quarterbacks, and they, uh, Tua and Trevor, I think it is, you know, both amazing Christian guys, and the title of the article was No Matter Who Wins, Jesus Wins. And I wanted to say, I don't care if they were both atheists, Jesus still wins. (laughs) Jesus is not dependent on the ball game or a quarterback to be able to win, okay? Uh, we, We get so, you know, hyped up, and I'm glad there's people like Tebow. Sorry for those of you who are in mourning because he got engaged. I know that's Makes a few of you sad, but, you know, I'm glad there's good Christians out there like Tebow and others who are great examples, but guess what? Jesus is on the throne. It doesn't matter who's on the field. He's on the throne, and that's what we have to remember, but when we start to think about this this side stuff, we make these bad assumptions sometimes. Oh, there's just two sides, and he said, no, it's not about your side, their side. It's about God's side. And you and I need to understand there's a right side out there, and we are not necessarily on that side. In fact, we need to shift our thinking. This is something we've become dangerously close to in the modern church today is consumeristic ideals that say, okay, I come, I sit, I pay my tithe, and now some certain things ought to come to me. No, we're not consumers we are servants. We are soldiers in God's army. And we need to be on his side. So instead of saying, God, here's what I want to do, and I want you to bless me because I'm a good Christian and I've done all these good things for you, here's what I'm going to do. Now make it happen. That's what many Christians pray like, or that's their attitude. And instead, God wants us to be seeking God, what are you doing? What are you doing around me in my family, in my community, in my neighborhood? In my workplace, where are you working? What are you wanting to achieve? Because, God, that's the side I want to get on, whatever you're doing. So remember, it's not about my side, their side. It's about God's side. Sometimes Christians are on God's side. Number two, sometimes God has more than one side. Sometimes God has more than one side. And here's what I mean by that. There's a lot of things in in the Bible that are black and white. Okay? Love. It's never, it's never uh, wrong to love God and love people. That, that's always right. Okay? Um, it's always wrong to covet. I don't care what excuse you have. If I sit there and, and covet what you have and, and, and want it to be mine and fixate on your blessings rather than on my blessings, that's always wrong. Okay? Those are, those are black and white things. But there's other stuff in Scripture that God sometimes gives to individual people. He tells us, I'm going to give you a conviction about this, and I'm going to give him a totally different conviction about this. And it's not that that you're right and he's wrong or the other way around. It's that I've given you as a believer a particular conviction. Now, let me give you an example. Well, I'll give you an example of a bad way to do this. And, And I've told this story before. Some of you may remember it, but I can't. It just sticks out in my mind. I remember one day I was in high school. There was uh, me and three other guys. We were hanging out at a friend's house after school. I think we'd got done with track practice. We were really hungry. We went by Subway. We picked up some subs, some chips, some drinks. We went and sat down in my friend's Kevin's living room. And we were sitting there and um, just talking, whatever. And his father busts in the room. And he looks around and he is Enraged. And before even, I can tell before he even starts shouting, you know, and I'm thinking, what's going on? We didn't have girls in our lap. We weren't smoking pot. We weren't drinking beer. We weren't doing bad stuff. We were eating our Subway, you know, and he says, get that bread out of my house now. And I said, okay, yes, sir. (laughs) we'll, we'll, We'll go. Now, what was his deal? Well, my friend's dad liked to change to different fringe types of groups all the time and Whatever group he had just joined and was worshiping with, apparently they taught that bread was evil, or during a certain time of the year, bread was evil, and um, we were doing very bad by having Subway in his house. Listen, I did a lot worse things in high school than eating Subway, but that time I was innocent, okay? I was like, what did I do here? God's going to give different people different convictions about things they should do. God's going to give some people a conviction uh, about what, their, what places they should go, what people they should be with, what things they should eat, what things they should drink, what days they celebrate certain things or don't celebrate certain things. That's wonderful. That's fine. The Bible says, and if you want to look this up further, we're not going to go dig real, real deep into this right now, but if you want references, Romans 14 1 through 6 says a lot about that, and also Colossians 2 16. But here's basically what Paul said. Paul said, Who are you, a servant, to judge someone else's servant? God is your master, God is their master. If the master gives you certain instructions about the way you live your life, and he gives her certain instructions about the way she should live her life, is that any your business? No, it's none of you, okay? It's not your business at all what God told to this person. Now, he says, but look, that works both ways. You don't start thinking you're holier than them and better than them because, oh, I don't go to this certain place and you don't look down upon them because I do this certain activity. There's the idea that you and I have to understand that, hey, there's, there's commandments and rules that God's given all of us in his word. They apply to everybody. But there are convictions on top of that that God will say to this person, hey, I only want you to drink water forever. That's the only thing you should ever drink. Uh, maybe someone says, I don't think I should drink caffeine. If that's God's conviction in your life, Good for you, but don't you make fun of them for having them conviction, and if you have it, don't you judge those others who don't share that conviction. So we need to realize, sometimes God has more than one side because he's given a conviction to one person that another person does not share. Third, sometimes it's best not to pick a side, and that's something. There are times in life when you can actually step back and you can say, I'm going to reserve judgment or I'm going to be neutral or I'm not going to get involved in this. And do you know that that's okay? That doesn't make you a baby. That doesn't make you a wimp. That doesn't make you wishy-washy. It simply means you have the intelligence to know better than to get involved in something you don't need to. Now, go back to the Old Testament. Proverbs has some great things to say about this. Uh, one of the Proverbs says, Proverbs 26, 17, um, it says, the first side seems correct until you hear the second side. Now, how often does somebody come to us and they, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they are terrible. And we're convinced that is a horrible, terrible human being. And then we hear the other side and we're like, oh, well, wait a minute, that's not exactly how I heard it. That's a little bit different. Maybe we don't need to jump to conclusions sometimes. I love the other one in Proverbs, Proverbs 18, is the other verse. And it says, someone who meddles in a stranger's argument is like a man who picks up a dog by its ears. You know, isn't that great? It's like you just come on, hey, there's a bulldog. Let me grab it by the gears and see what happens. That's what getting into other people's business and choosing sides when you don't need to is all about. Being a Christian is not being the Mr. Answer Man or Mrs. Answer Man that has to have an opinion and an answer for everything. We know the one who has an answer for everything, but he had not given those answers to any of us. We're not all-knowing. Why do we go around arrogant and acting like we have to interject ourselves in every single conversation like we know it all? You know, Jesus was a master at this. There are people who are always trying to trick him into taking their side or into picking a side that would hurt them and um, hurt him, and, and somehow it's, it's very interesting the way he handled these people. He did not give in to this. One time they tried to trick him and they said, Hey, Jesus. Is it lawful to pay taxes or, or not? And now they were trying to him to take a side because either side he took, he was going to lose. If he says, yes, pay your taxes, they're going to be like, oh, you, you're a sympathizer for the Romans who oppress us. You're not a true patriot. You're not a, not a real Jew. But then if he said, no, don't pay those dirty Romans their taxes, uh, then, then they were going to say, hey, Roman guards, come over here. Here's Jesus stirring up trouble. They wanted him to be either or. They wanted him to have this false little, I'm on this side or that side. And Jesus said, throw me a coin, flip it over. Who's the picture? It wasn't Lincoln, it was Caesar. And they said, it's Caesar. And he says, we'll give to Caesar what Caesar's and give to God what is God's. He wasn't going to get fooled into taking one of these sides. The other, the other story, to me, is really even more interesting um, one these stories are both in Luke. One of them's in Luke 20, 20, and the other one's in Luke 12, 13. The other story is about a guy who comes up to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, go tell my brother that he needs to give me my inheritance. And Jesus turns to him like Solomon and settles it all out, right? No, 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 no. Jesus said, man... Who made me your, ju- your arbiter or your judge? In other words, what's that to me? I'm not getting in the middle of your family squabble with you and your brother. And then he goes on and warns them about the dangers of greed and covetousness. See, this guy, he wasn't really concerned about justice, what, that the right thing being done. He wanted to have a big dog on his side. She knows the family inheritance has taken place a, I always wanted that that set, yeah, that ring. You know what, Aunt Susie, she can testify that Mama said that that ring is for me, you know. It's like, let me bring in the big dogs here. Let, Let me bring in some real heavy guns. And that's what this guy wanted to do. He just wanted to bring Jesus in on his side. And these scriptures and many others, Jesus simply refused to be pulled into a side, into a squabble, that he didn't need to be a part of. So... Christians aren't always on God's side just because you're a believer, just because you love Jesus. Don't assume that everything you've been taught in your family or that you've always believed or whatever is always God's side. I guarantee you if you went and asked Joshua after the battle of Jericho, is God on your side? Oh, absolutely God's on our side because we won at Jericho. Guess what? They didn't do so well in the next battle. They lost badly. Men killed, running away. God, what happened? They weren't on God's side anymore. They had, there was sin in the camp. They had gotten away from God. Just because they were still God's people. They were still the nation of Israel. They still had uh, his, his message and his anointing on them, but they weren't on God's side. So sometimes we're not always on God's side. We can't assume that. Sometimes God has more than one side because he's given each of us different convictions. And sometimes it's best not to pick a side. How do I sum all this up? I'd sum it up all in the word humility. Humility. You know what turns people away about Christians? They look at people, often look at Christians and see that they are more prideful about believing they are right than they are passionate about loving God and loving people. And people look at us, and of course, we're not always right. And they see that and it's evident and we look like harsh, snobby, prideful, superioristic type of people looking down at everyone else's and they want none of that. But someone who can say, you know what I know, that I know, that I know, I know that Jesus touched me. I know that he has guided me and been with me through the darkest times of my life. I know that he has rescued me and he can do that same thing for you. You see, that's not pride about me and how right I am and how I know it all, and I'm the top dog theologian. No, it's passion about Jesus and what he's done for us and what he can do for others. So next time, around the water cooler, at the family gathering, on Facebook, wherever it is, before you say, well, I don't know how you can be a Christian and vote for such and such. I don't know how you can be a Christian and believe this or follow that guy. Maybe just step back and humble yourself just a little bit and realize you may not quite have it all. You may have not got all of God's wisdom yet. And perhaps if you are simply humble, and simply share less about this and that and the other, that I'm right because it's my side, and more about, you know what? I want Jesus' kingdom to come. I I want you to know him and his power in your life. I believe when we get on that side, then we're always on the right track. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you, and God, we, um, we often get, Confused, and we think whatever our side is—what Grandma told us, or what our political party says, or or, or what we've always believed—that that must be your way. But in fact, God, you um, you are above so many petty human things that we're involved in, and God, you want us to be involved in our world, in our in our society. You want us to be good citizens. But you also want us to realize that first and foremost, we're citizens of your kingdom. God, that it's about pleasing you, about spreading your message more than anything else. And before we get so ready to die on a hill that may not be all that important, God, help us to be humble. Help us to ask ourselves, not are you on our side, but are we on yours? Father, as we come to our uh, time of discipleship, uh, Lord, help us as we hear your call to listen and to obey whatever you're calling us to do today. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. With our